You can find that out. Give you guys a moment. I think that's a good question. Nice answers, nice answers. Okay, well, that was some good answers I was overhearing. But if the answer was not Jesus, no. <laughs> no, for real, the answer was not Jesus. You know, you're in serious trouble. But intro, right, introducing, okay, the new sermon message for this lovely Friday, right? Uh, it's God's judgment, remembering God's judgment, right? That's what we're talking about today. I know that doesn't seem very pleasant, and it's not. And it's not meant to bring you smiles. It's not meant to bring you back to elevate. It is meant to get you right with God. So here's the thing, right? We spoke about a few things before. We spoke about how to remember the past, how to remember what God has done, and how to remember his promises, right? And today we're going to be talking about, similar to God's promises, we're going to be talking about something that's going to happen in the future, okay? We have all heard it many times, Okay, and if you haven't, then stop me, right? Be like, raise your hand and be like, I haven't heard it. But if you listen to Tupac, if you listen to, yeah, if you listen to Tupac, really, if you heard of Tupac, or if you've ever heard uh, trying to tell someone about Jesus, telling them, hey, man, you, should, you, should, uh, you shouldn't be doing that, man. That's wrong. You shouldn't be slapping that person in the face. That's a sin. You probably heard these words, right? Only God can judge me, Right? I mean, if you're me, right, you've heard it every time you listen to Tupac. If you're Jeremiah, right, who's a lot younger, you've probably heard it in his classroom, right, when he was telling his friends, you need to repent. But is it true, right? What do they say, Jeremiah? Don't judge. And then they'll say this, who are you to judge me? So it'll be like, only God can judge me, then who are you to judge me? Right? You get real sassy with it, right? They'll probably hit you with the eye roll. They'll probably cuss you out a little bit. But those are the things you hear in regards to judgment. And while there's some truth in these statements, but the real question you have to unpack or the real statement you have to unpack is God as a judge. Just what does that mean? What does that entail that God judges you? What does it mean that God is going to look at your life, everything you've ever said, anything you've ever thought, every little dirty thing you've ever done, every little nasty thing you've ever done, every bit of lie, every bit of stealing, everything you've ever done, and he's going to judge you for it? Hold up. I thought God chooses not to remember my past, and we'll talk about that today, but there's a judgment, my friends. Everyone in Elevate, there's a judgment for you. There is a judgment for you. Because here's the thing. We're going to learn today that God sees everything. Nothing can be hidden from God. Then God has a day, a day, just like you reserve seats at a theater, right, when you're trying to see Avengers at, at 12 uh, p.m., right, 12 a.m., and there's reserved seats. Guess what? You have a seat to get judged from God. We, right, because of that, must remain holy. It is not a suggestion. Hey, stop cussing. Hey, stop being homosexual. Hey, stop doing what's against God. It's not a suggestion anymore. It's a commandment. 
Because there's a judge who's going to hold you in account for your actions. So if we turn to James 2.12. James 2.12 says this. And you don't have to turn there. Actually, go to the slide I sent you. James 2.12 in the slide. It's a purple slide. It says this, right? In James 2.12. James 2.12, sir. It says right here that whatever you say and whatever you do, remember this, that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. So whatever you say and whatever you do, remember this, you will be judged by the law that sets you free. By the law that sets you free. Remember that, whatever you say and whatever you do. That's a big thing. How many words do you think we speak in a day? A lot. How many thoughts do you think we have? A lot. How many things do you do in a day? A lot of things. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. So we're going to understand that God is aware of everything you do. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. And you can go to 12, 13 through 14. It says right here, now all has been heard. See, in Ecclesiastes, basically it's just literally right now up until now, it's been 11 to 12 chapters of this dude, right, this teacher, saying everything is meaningless. You got a job? Hey, that's meaningless because the money you earn, you ain't even going to keep it. Ain't even yours. Oh, you got an education, right? You stressed out going to school. Guess what? When you die, you can't take any of that knowledge with you. It doesn't matter. It's just thoughts randomly collected in your mind. It means nothing. Oh, you, you have family? They're going to die. You're going to die. Everything is meaningless. Vanity. Smoke. Vapor. So he concludes it now, 11 to 12 chapters of saying that, and he gives us this bit of advice. He says, now all has been heard about what I was saying. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all man mankind. Not the suggestion, not the opinion, not the thing you feel like doing. This is your duty as a person, as someone made in the image of God. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whatever is good or evil. So some things to take away from that is that everything you do, every deed, everything, whether you think you have an excuse for it, whether you say it's good or evil, everything you do will be judged. You stole money, that's going to be judged. You lied thinking it was a white lie, that will be judged. You had a perverted thought and you lusted after a girl, that will be judged. You're getting high, you're getting drunk, that will be judged. You will be judged for your deeds. But then it says hidden things. That means not just the things you did with your friends to be cool. Not just the things you did with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I'm talking about the hidden things that you did. The thing that you try to hide. The thing you try to put a cover over. The thing you try to keep away from everyone else. The hidden things. 
Things done in secret you thought no one saw. But yet God, the Bible says that the Lord, he probes. That means he searches the heart of every man that has ever lived. Searches through it. Like someone looking for a book in a library. He searches through it. He looks for you. He looks at your life. He searches what you're doing, and he is going to judge it. So whether it was good or bad, or you have an excuse trying to justify the things that you've done, well, he did this to me. He said this to me. Just at my job, I had some boy, right, slap some girl in the face. Really, it left dirt on her face and everything. Slapped her that hard. She was weeping. She said, I'm going to still stab him. I'm going to kill him. I deal with some kids that have some emotional issues. And she was saying, I'm going to take that rock. and I'm going to beat him till he's dead. And I was like, whoa. I was trying to hold her down, trying to hold the stick that she was trying to beat him with down. And the reason for him to slap her was like, well, she's been bothering me. I did it to her because she did it to me. Just right there, that shows you a look into the heart of man. You see, we think we are justified in our sin. I felt this way. I felt depressed. I drank. I felt depressed. I smoked. I felt alone, so I had sex. I felt this way. Your feelings mean nothing in judgment. You will have no feelings in judgment but fear and trembling. You will be, the only emotion you will have is fear. Afraid for your eternity. You've been in trouble in the principal office when your parents are going to get called. This means this is nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. You're facing an almighty, perfect God who has every right and every part of his being, right, to judge your life. And he's going to do it. Only God can judge me. Guess what? He's going to judge righteously. He's not going to look at, he's not going to look at Brian and, and, and judge him by Jeremiah. He's not going to look at Lawrence and judge him by Will. He's not going to look at Dan and judge him by Humberto. He's going to take you. He's going to take Jesus. He's going to say, this is the perfect law. You fell short. That's going to be the judgment. You could not be like Jesus. So this is the thing, right? Right? Okay, when is God going to judge me then, right? Because we look at the Old Testament and it seems like God judges people right away. If we can go to the purple slide, please. It talks about God's judgment. And this is what I want to tell you is that God actually has a day waiting, right, for judgment. We see these kind of judgments. I had a friend on Facebook. I never get into Facebook debates anymore. I try not to because I went on for three days debating like five, five dudes from my high school. They're all going at me. And you can, have a, you can have a Muslim, you can have an atheist, you can have a backslidden Christian, a gay person, and they'll find one thing in common. They hate Christ, and they'll just go at you. So they all went at me, and I was judging them. I'm not going to lie. I was judging them. So you're like, they're like, man, dude, if, if, God, if God's going to judge me, right, why didn't he do it already? Why doesn't God act like the way he acted in the Old Testament? I mean, you got Noah's flood, right? He left just a few individuals, a family on earth. He killed everybody. He wiped everybody out. Why doesn't God do that now? Then he said, whoa, 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 the ten plagues on Egypt. I mean, he sent locusts. He killed the firstborn son. He flooded everything. He put blood in the Nile. Why doesn't he do that? What about sending the nation against Israel, right, the chosen nation? What about the plague on Israel for worshiping a golden calf? There's a lot of people worshiping false idols, right? 
You got people worshiping Allah. You got people worshiping a tree. I mean, I saw it before. Why doesn't God just strike them down right there? Or what about the New Testament? Ananias and Sapphira. God judge these people. Why doesn't he do it now? That's what, that's what they're going to say. Why doesn't God just do it now? So this is what they do, right? Oh, man, I just sinned. God's not real. I just disobeyed him. Not struck by lightning. Not struck by lightning. I'm still sinning, God. Guess what? Guess what? I'm still sinning. Still disobeying God. Joby is still preaching. My one-on-one is still trying to talk to me. This person from church reaching out to me. Everything's going wrong. You know why? Because I want it to go wrong. I'm my own God. I do what I want. If God was real, he would do it right now. If you go to Romans 2, 5 through 8, please. This is what I have to say for you. Romans 2, 5 through 8, please. If if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I want you guys... To give it, I want to give you guys an opportunity to look at the screen. That's why I want to see. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. You and your sin and your unrepentant, stubborn heart, you are storing up wrath. You are saying, hey, listen, I just sinned. Let me just put this in the bank of God's wrath. I'm storing it up. Because the minute it comes out, it's gonna, all hell is going to break loose. That's where, that's, that's where that phrase actually means. Because once you stored up so much sin and God comes back, he's going to let it all out. I'm talking about you think that when you, you made your mama mad so many times in a row, like your mama caught you stealing, then she caught you, you know, uh, you, she caught you, uh, you know, pregnating your girlfriend, then she caught you lying on a test, she caught you all those days in a row, your mama going to beat you till you're black and blue, right? You're thinking that's the worst you can have. Or let's say you broke the law, the cops take you in, then they find out you killed someone, you got life, you got the death chair. I mean, the worst punishment possible on earth still falls short to this. This is you storing up for not my wrath, not the person next to you's wrath, not Donald Trump, not any government. This is God who created the heavens and the earth, the one who has control over the universe, and you are storing up wrath against yourself. And when his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. Repay you. You've worked for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages, that means you work for death. So what is the God's payment towards you? It's death. That's what it is. So, right, to those who by persistent, persistent in doing good seek glory, honor, and mortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be wrath and anger. What, it, what, it, what did it say? It said that for whatever you say or do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free, the perfect law that sets you free. So, listen, what is that law? It's the truth that Jesus spoke. The Bible says the truth will set you free. You keep rejecting the truth in your stubbornness. You keep rejecting the truth, being a stiff neck. That means resisting to follow God, to turn to God. The Bible says there is wrath stored up for you. If you're self-seeking, reject the truth and following evil, there will be wrath and anger. 
That's what there'll be. This is what the Bible is saying. What does this day of judgment look like? Okay, man, God, still, you haven't done enough, right? My friend can come back at me. You can come back at me and say, listen, that's still not enough, right? I'm not afraid of God. I have no fear of God. I'll come to elevate, and I'll still keep living in sin with no, no type of sorrow, no type of repentance. I'm going to keep being self-seeking. I'm going to keep rejecting evil. I mean, rejecting the truth. I'm going to keep following evil. Let God store a breath for me. It won't be bad. He's a loving God, right? I had one kid tell me on my job, I was like, hey, man, what do you think about heaven or hell? You know, what do you think about Jesus? He's like, and I'm like, and then he's like, I believe in heaven or hell. I'm like, yeah, well, hell, you know, when God gets angry, he's like, no, God doesn't get angry. He just, he just gets sad. You know, God just gets his feelings hurt, you know. Gets really sad. Man, stop sinning, Brian. Stop, stop sinning, Christian. Oh, stop. No, God, that is not God. Okay, God is not Barney. God is not cosmic Barney. He is not some kind of old person that is waiting for you to walk him across the street. See, God does have anger. And this is what it's going to look like. This is an example. If you go to Isaiah 13, 9 through 11, this is just a taste of that day. You see, the, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day, not a good day. It's not going to be a good day. The day of the Lord is not going to be a day with rainbows and butterflies and candy, and all of a sudden you got little girls skipping across the street, right? It's not going to be that type of day. It's going to be a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger. To make the land desolate, that means to wipe it out completely and destroy the sinners within it. This is the Bible speaking that God is going to do this. He's going to destroy the sinners within it. Oh, God, chill. It ain't even that serious. No, oh, he takes it very serious. He says even the stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. It's going to be a dark day. The rising sun will also be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. I will punish the world for its evil. For its evil. You see, there is a judgment, guys. When you look at all the evil in the world, you look at abortion, you look at sex trafficking, you look at all that, guess what? Those people are going to be judged. But yet, guess what? You're going to be judged too. And church, I'm talking to you. You're saying, I'm a Christian. I got this. I'm good with God. I'm saved by grace. He forgave the sins I did. He forgave the sins I'm going to do. Guess where judgment starts, according to Paul? It starts with the church. It starts with Christians. It starts with us. Because let's say we, 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 we say, oh, yeah, I'm born again, right? We're claiming we're a part of the church, but we keep living like a hypocrite. Guess what? You will be judged. This is nothing to play around with. This is nothing to mess around with. This is serious. And this is contrast to the promise that you receive if you have the Holy Spirit. This is contrast to it. Remember I was saying that if you have the Holy Spirit, God's going to come. He's going to welcome you into this new world. And this new world is promised to you. There's going to be no suffering. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no more sadness. It's going to be joy with God. This is contrast to that. The believers have the promise to look forward to. But as a sinner, you have nothing but judgment to look forward to. You have nothing but judgment from God to look forward to. You have nothing from the wrath and the anger of an almighty God who can do anything he wants in this earth. He does whatever he pleases to let go, to let loose on you. That's what you have as a sinner. 
Many people, they take light of God's judgment, and they come back and forth with him. I believe in God. I don't believe in God. I trust in him. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do wrong. I'm going to do right. And they play with God. And they're just storing up what? Storing up offenses, storing up wrath for themselves. They're just judging themselves. They are going against themselves. You're basically burying your own grave and killing yourself. That's what you're doing when you're storing up wrath. This is not a game. God is not in the mood for games. He's in the mood for holiness. He wants you to live pure. So this, right, what, 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 what does it leave it us to? We have to ask ourselves, are we ready for God's judgments? Are you spared from hell? We have to ask ourselves that. We have to know for sure. Some of you guys, you won't leave anywhere without your phone. You freak out when you don't have it. But yet you're walking around. You could die any second. You spend the eternity in hell. What logic is that to people who proclaim and, and, and supposedly say they believe in Jesus? There's no logic with that. That you would freak out for things that don't matter in this world. They're meaningless. But when it comes to the judgment of God that you will be compared to perfection. And you will fall short. And you are still clinging to your sin saying this is my life. Nonsense. Stupidity. And we will be judged for that. You think, you think that all of a sudden you just say this confession God, you know, you just repeat after the pastor, I'm good, let me just live my life in sin. I've met Christians like that. I'm telling you right now, if you think that way, you need to repent. No one can see God without holiness. No one. So are you ready for God's judgment? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Do you think that when you meet God, he will be your closest friend or he will be the worst judge of your life? Who will he be to you? Who will he be to you? Will you be happy? Will you be all of a sudden delighted to see the holy God? Or will you tremble in fear knowing that you are going to hell? The decision needs to be made. Because guess what? God, God, they didn't say that God is throwing up wrath for those people. No, dude, God, God is patience. God is saying, listen, you don't want to do this. Look to my son. Look to him. This is the judgment you will get. Repent. You don't want to do this. You don't want to store breath against yourself. You don't want to be on my bad side. You don't want to go against me. But yet we come to elevate. We live our lives as if we can just get drunk, get high, have sex, do whatever we want. There's no one who's in control of us. Judgment, that's funny. Oh, you're a Christian, Christian. That's, no, no, listen. This is serious. God is watching us. He sees everything. There's a day where we will be judged. I will be judged for what I said on this pulpit, for how I lived on the street, for what I preached to my friends, for what I said to you. I will be judged. And if I don't live right, I will be in hell with some of you here. This is the truth. Because if the law set me free, the perfect law, not the law of Moses completed, but Jesus Christ, if he set me free with his truth, with his perfect law, then I should obey it. I should be able to do it. If I claim to be a child of God, I should live like that. But if I'm living this, this shaky life, one day I'm for God, one day I'm not, I'm telling you right now, I'm not ready for judgment. 
And if you're doing that too anywhere in this room, you're not ready for judgment. You should ask God, wait, please wait. Do not come. I need to repent. I need to get right. I need to serve you. So if you're not ready for judgment, this is what I'm going to say to you. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14. You can go to your Bible there. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14. It says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That means you won't even be ready for it. You don't see a thief coming. And if you do, he's no longer a thief. He's just some dude that gets punched in the face or something, right? No, he's a thief. So the day of the Lord is going to come just like that. And the heavens will disappear with a roar. And the elements will be destroyed by fire. That means all the earth will be starting to get destroyed by fire, right? And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. I want you to think about a straight uh, war zone. I'm talking about you got buildings all leveled. I'm talking about Nagasaki and Hiroshima can't even compare to this. This is the wrath of God. You, you think about those Japanese people in World War II, man. I don't know if some of them served the Lord. I don't know not. But they were judged by America. And what America did to them was devastating. It affected them for generations. People were mutated. I'm talking about they had skin bubbling up to like right here. Anything within like a, 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 a 30 mile radius was completely, like there's no evidence of them even existing. Completely disintegrated. What do you think God can do? That was an atom bomb. What do you think God can do to the molester? What do you think God can do to the liar, to the coward, to the rapist? What do you think God can do to the murderer, the hateful, the prideful, the arrogant? What do you think God can do? He will make the world laid bare. And since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? That's the question posed. Look at that. What kind of people ought you to be? What kind? If all this is happening, this is, the, this is the worst day imaginable for a sinner. This is worse than the rich man losing his money, having to go broke, filing for bankruptcy. That, that's, a, that's a day in a park for this day. He was, he's going to cry for that day. He's going to long for Listen, the sinner on the day of judgment is going to cry and long for his worst day in his life. He's going to gasp for it. He's going to look back and he say, I wish I had that day instead. So how are, you, how are you supposed to live now? How? Paul says, Peter says, you ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed, it's coming. That day will bring about the destruction. The destructions of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And he says, so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort, make every effort, every effort to be found spotless and blameless and in peace with him. I'm telling you right now, just judging at looking at some of you, you have not made a single effort. Looking at some of your lives, you have not made a single effort. You have not said one time, God, I can't do this. I don't want to sin no more. Help me. Because that's literally about as much effort as you need to start on this. 
little effort. The Bible says a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith, the, the smallest seed in the world, and you can move mountains. But the smallest seed of the world can't stop you from watching pornography. That faith can move mountains, but it can't stop you from lusting, can't stop you from lying, can't stop you from being a hypocrite. No, that's a lie. You just have no faith. You see, when Jesus came into towns and people lived in sin, people didn't want to follow him, people didn't, weren't healed, you didn't say, man, I'm just not good enough. I, I guess, man, I just don't work. I guess you got to try another religion. I guess you got to do it your own way. I just, I'm not good enough for this, man. Like, I can't help you. No, he went back to them and he said, you have little faith. You see right here, your effort will show your faith. Man, I, I, I keep drinking, I keep smoking. Well, dude. Do you have any alcohol on you right now? Yeah, man, I got 40 in my backpack. I keep it for my parents. Man, I keep getting high. I can't stop smoking. Well, you have any weed on you? Yeah, man, I got a bong too. What? Man, I keep having sex with my girlfriend. Have you thought about breaking up? No, I love her with all my heart. Man, I just can't follow Jesus. So you ever, you ever thought about like maybe denying yourself? Picking up your cross and following him? Nah, man, dude, I, I got to do what I feel like, man. What I feel is true. Listen, all these things just show you make no effort. And on the day of judgment, you're literally going to look back all the times, all the regret, all the times you had an opportunity to follow Jesus, just like the young rich ruler, just like all the Pharisees. And he, Jesus told them Sodom and Gomorrah wishes they were them. Imagine this generation. With all the evidence we have for God, with all the Bible that we have, with all the churches that we have, with all the internet that we have, you can look up a Bible verse. Oh, I don't know how to live holy. Listen, just look up a Bible verse, how to live holy, and God will teach you from there. It's really that simple. Back then, they didn't know that. Literally, we have no excuse in this world. No excuse. Do you think God's going to take it easy on you in judgment? If I have the altar workers up and Kevin Lawrence to the keys, do you think that God... It's going to look at your life, and he's just going to get, get on his, get, get down, just crouch down and look at you like, oh, man, you poor, 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 innocent sinner. You know what? You had a rough life. You know what? You, you, didn't, you didn't really know your dad that well, you know? You, you, you had some bad friends. You had some bad influences. You know, it's good. It's okay. I'll let you slide. You didn't really believe in me. You believed in me as much as the demons, but you know what? You have an excuse. Go ahead. You think God's going to be like that? No, this is literally what the Bible says. He's going to say, away from me, you worker of evil. For I never knew you. I never knew you. You are going to get rejected from the living God. That's if. That's if, right? You die before the day of judgment, right? That's if all of a sudden, because, dude, I'm telling you, God, it's, it's going to be real it's going to be as physical as you can touch this. Guess what? You're going to touch the rocks falling from the sky. You're going to touch the fire as it's burning some people alive. You see, this is not a game, Elevate. You cannot keep going on in sin. It is not going to end well for you. It is not. Listen, if you don't repent with this preaching, with me just straight telling you the scripture... Then I'm telling you right now, you are stiff-necked and you are stubborn. If you can go back to Romans 2.5, Romans this is in closing. This, these are the people that are going to be for God's judgment. They're going to be judged when the, when the day of the Lord comes. 
and judged harshly. It says, but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant hearts, you are stubborn, more stubborn than nails, more stubborn than waves, more stubborn than a wall. You are saying to the living God, I won't turn. I won't repent. I don't care. I'm not going to quit my life with sin. I'm not going to do what you want, God. I'm not going to obey your commandments. I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to have reverence for your name. I'm going to do what I want. And you're going to be saying that your whole life. 10 to 20, I do what I want. 20 to 30, I do what I want. 40 to 50, 60 to 70, 80 to 90. I don't even know how long you'll live. You'll face God. And guess what he's going to say? You'll do what you want. And you'll go to hell. Because that's what you wanted all along. That's what you wanted all along. You wanted to be separated from the living God. So that's what will happen then. This is what you want. You never wanted to be with me. You never wanted to have this with me. You never wanted to be good with me. You never wanted my peace. You never wanted my joy. You never wanted my salvation. You never wanted my freedom. All you wanted was to be separate from me. He'll let you. He'll let you. And it's funny, that's going to be our judgment. It's going to be all the wrath stored up that we did poured out on ourselves. That's what's going to be. What can we do then? Right? How many of us have lived a sinless life? How many of us can look at the cross and say, you know what? I don't need that. If you guys can all stand up, please. Next week, we're going to be talking about remembering the gospel. But there's no need to wait till next week. Listen, many of you need to stop playing games. Keep doing what you want. I just told you what's going to happen. You'll get what you want. So here's the thing. We, no one can look to Jesus and say, I don't need you. I'm talking about you think of the best man on earth. You have to fall to his knees and plead for salvation. Ask for mercy. You see, there is no one here that does good, that does not deserve this judgment I've been talking about. I deserve this judgment. I should be in hell. I should have been struck down. As a kid who went to church all my life, turning away from God, I should have been struck down the minute I lied to my mom. I should have been struck down the minute I looked at pornography, the minute I lusted after a woman, the minute I lied, the minute I stole, the minute I was hateful. I deserve judgment. And I'm telling you right now, it's not just me. You deserve judgment. Every single one of you, every single one of these rooms, I don't care if your parents get mad I said it. I don't care if your principal gets mad that I said it. He deserves judgment. Your parents deserve judgment. We all deserve to be judged. But God... In his mercy, in his grace, he's offering you an escape. He's offering you an escape. He's saying, hey, listen, imagine, imagine if America said, you know what? We're going to have mercy and compassion on Japan. We're going to send all of our secret agents all to Japan, and they're going to find every person that is good. Every person that is good. We're going to sneak them out of there. We're going to have conversations with every person. And before we destroy 
Hiroshima, what we're going to do is we're going to get them out of there. We're going to deliver them to America. You see, this is what it's like. You see, God's wrath is coming. And anyone here, right, in sin, they're gone. That's it. You heard the words, desolation, bear, destruction. You heard those words. Those are vivid words. Sounds like a movie. It sounds worse than what Thanos did with a snap. It sounds worse than Judgment Day, Will Smith. It sounds worse than our imagination. This is God of the universe saying, this is, the, this is what I have stored up for everybody. And God's saying, listen, you can get out of that, though. You can escape. You can get out. You can get out, Gio. You can get out, Libni. You can get out, Jeremiah. You can get out, Brian. You can get out, Abdi. Get out, Jorge. You listen, I want to save you from that. But listen, if you say, no, I'm good here. I'm good here. Then this is what you want. You want desolation. You want to be judged by God. You want it. You're crying out for it. You're crying out for it. You want it desperately. And I'm just a man. I can't, I can't force you because God's not forcing you. God is not going to take you by the head and, and then kick your knees and say, worship me. He's not going to say that. He said all he needed to say when he sent his perfect son to the cross and said, I will judge him. I will judge him. He will take your place. That's all he needed to say. That's his proclamation of mercy. That's all you need to know. Follow him. Believe in Christ. So things you should do, you should have a, rev a reverence, a, a fear of God. Not like, oh, like you're scared of a tiger. I, I did a whole sermon series on this. But of reverence, understanding who God is. You see, a tornado is not, it's not an evil thing. But in a tornado, you know there's some power there. See, with God, there is power beyond our imagination. This God who is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, you should have fear of him, have a healthy reverence of God. Then you must be born again. And if you're born again, you're quick to repent if you sin because you have that fear of God. You know God is seeing you. You know you're not just sinning in secret. You know God sees you. So you repent. You turn away quickly. You understand your sin is evil. You understand that God is good. You understand that Jesus died for your sins. So you say, I don't want to do that. God, forgive me. You turn away from it. You don't want to do it again. And you live holy, godly. Which follows in the next thing. Then you continue to be aware of God in your life. You continue to remember that the, the God who is all-powerful, who will judge you, he is with you. So now that you know that God sees everything you do, there's no escape, there's no hiding. You're not Adam and Eve trying to hide in the bush. You're not fooling God. Your church attendance, all that, all the good deeds you've done, you can't hide from God. Remember who did that sin thing? You can't hide from God. And now that you know that your sin is going to be accounted for, there is a day for a judgment. Are you going to choose to be holy now? See, the ball is in your court. 
It's really your decision right now. Are you going to cry out to the Lord, asking for mercy, and that he would make you new, and he would save you and give you the Holy Spirit? Or are you just going to be stubborn and stiff-necked? As you keep going against God, he keeps telling you, turn, and you're like, I'm not turning. I'm going to keep going in sin. I'm going to keep drinking. I'm going to keep getting drunk. I'm going to keep smoking. I'm going to keep doing what I want, God. And this is what I say, not from me, not my judgment. This is God's judgment on you. If you say that, you are going to hell. You are going to hell unless you repent. You are going to perish. You are going to be wasted away because you chose to deny the grace of God. And that is not me. Because how are you doing that? It's your own condemnation. God, I am sending you to hell. So it's all you. No one to blame. You can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. You can't look to the person behind you. You can't even look at God and blame him for going to hell. You have to look right in the mirror and see how you disobeyed God's perfect law. How you disobeyed who he is. So this is the altar call for those in fear of God's judgment. You dread it. You're scared. You don't have the perfect law. You don't have the perfect love in you. You don't have it. You don't know Jesus. This altar calls for you. And for those that forget the fact that God judges, and you continue to sin like an ignorant man. The Bible says that when you're like that, you're nearsighted and blind, forgetting that you've been cleansed of your past sin. If that's you too, you come up. And as we sing... Listen, I want you guys to get real. I describe what judgment did I? My, the blood is off my hands. If you want, I can name you. I can speak to you personally. But I already warned you. Listen, God's judgment is for you right now. That's it. It's right in front of you. It's between you and God now. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, Oh, Lord. Lord, I ask you, God, that you would keep me, Lord. Because this message, Lord, is, is it's, a, it's a bold message, God, because we know, Lord, that whatever we judge will be judged against us. So I pray, Lord, that you would keep me, you would keep every leader. Because there's been many leaders that have fallen, many leaders that have turned away from your faith. And God, I pray that you would keep the leaders in this room. That we would remember that this church title, this position means nothing if we are not children of God. Lord, I pray for the youth here, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would convict our hearts. Fool, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but discipline runs it out. Lord, I pray that you would discipline them, Lord. That that would be mercy to them, Lord. Take away things that are keeping them from you. Not that that's an excuse, but God, I pray that you would take away relationships. I pray that you would take away friendships. God, I pray that you would break everything they hope and trust in. God, I pray that destruction would come upon their 
mortal life. They're materialistic things. God, I know people that, Lord, they've broken legs. They had careers in sports, and their body broke down on them. And they found out that the hope that they had was in nothing. And they saw Jesus was their only hope. God, I pray that that would happen in this room. Things like that, God. And, I, and if it sounds crazy, Lord, convict me. But, Lord, I want you to save these youth. Lord, and for those that are saved, God, I pray that they would continue to have faith in you. That they would not doubt your salvation. That they would not doubt your kindness. That they would not doubt your mercy. But instead, they would cling to it, God. That they would hold on to it, God. That they would embrace it for the rest of their days, Lord. Lord, and we know, God, that your mercy triumphs over judgment. So we pray right now that every individual in this room, Lord, that, God, we would cling to your mercy, God. That we would cry out for your mercy, God, saying, God, save me. God, save me. Save me, Lord, and forgive me of my sins. Help me, Lord. I can't do it on my, my own, God. Lord, we pray that. We pray that, God. We ask you. We beg you, Lord. Please save the people in this room that are stubborn. Soften their heart, Lord. Soften their heart, Lord. Lord. Listen, guys, the altar is open for you. It's open for you. These two people here, TJ, Cielo, they can talk with you. They can speak with you. But please consider this. If you meet God tonight, if you meet God after you walk out of this room, would he be your closest friend or would he be your judge? Would it be your best day ever? Or would it be worse than the worst day you've ever had? <sighs>